Hello, this is episode 215 and it's the second of four episodes where I'm discussing in more detail the four phases of building or renovating your family home. Now, if you haven't listened to the most recent episode about the mistakes to avoid during your pre-design phase, be sure to head back and catch up on that episode. Even if you've already moved through the pre-design phase and you're now in the design phase right now and this is why you're listening to the episode, the information that's in my pre-design phase episode is going to help you ensure that you've got your ducks in a row and that you haven't missed something important. In this episode, I'm going to be diving into some key design phase mistakes that I see made by homeowners. So whether you're working with an architect or a building designer, or you've gone straight to a building company, or even if you're designing your home yourself, these design phase mistakes are going to be relevant to you. So stay tuned. Now, remember as well, you've got the ability to grab a free PDF download of the full transcript of this episode, and I've added their links and resources that are going to be related to this topic. You can find that at www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 215. That's the numbers 215. So be sure to do that. You can print it out, file it away, and you can review this episode as you need. Now, let's dive in. Welcome to the Get It Right podcast. I'm your host, Amelia Lee from Undercover Architect. With over 25 years industry experience, I've worked with loads of homeowners like you to create family homes that work, feel great, and that you feel great in. I'm a wife and a mum to three kids who, thanks to our own renovations, they all learned to climb ladders before they walked. And I'm a registered architect who is passionate about you feeling informed, educated, and empowered as you design, build, or renovate your home. Now, if you're up for some frank and open conversation about the true nitty gritty of designing, building and renovating based on professional and personal experience across hundreds and hundreds of homes, well, you're in the right place. Undercover Architect is an award-winning online business and resource that began in mid-2014. And it's all about teaching you how to create a fantastic, feel-good family home. One that works for you now and into the future one that is sustainable and affordable and that helps you live a great lifestyle both in and beyond your home. So whether you're renovating or building, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget, consider Undercover Architect your secret ally in helping and teaching you how to get it right. Now before we jump into this podcast episode, a quick shout out to my sponsors. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by me and my free online workshop, Your Project Plan. I actually created this online workshop because I so regularly see a lot of time and money get wasted in renovation and building projects. And this happens largely because homeowners just don't know what they're supposed to be doing next. So that makes it really easy to make missteps, to take the wrong advice, or to actually skip important parts of your project that will catch you out down the track or worse, mean that you miss out on things that you really wanted in your home. Learn how to avoid serious and expensive mistakes, what to do next, whatever stage you're at in your project, and also access some great bonuses too by heading to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan. And that's project plan spelled P-R-O-J-E-C-T-P-L-A-N. That's undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan. Take the guesswork out of the next steps you need to take in your project journey and sign up today for free for this great online workshop. And now let's get on with the episode. Here we go. So here we are at the design phase. Now, design is a really exciting phase of the project 
but it can also be a nerve-wracking time, especially if this is your first time doing this and you're doing your long-term family home. All the decisions that you're making, they can feel very, very permanent. And many do worry that they're going to forget something, overlook something or make a decision that they'll regret in their finished home. You'll often see people hitting Facebook groups asking questions like, tell me your deal breakers for your home or what do you wish you'd done differently in your home design? And they do this as newbie renovators and home builders really seeking to learn from the mistakes of others and not overlook anything. Now, in the process of not overlooking anything, many homeowners will actually throw everything, including the proverbial kitchen sink, at their design process and the home design that they're creating. They really try to max out all they can include just in case they might need it in the future. However, in my experience, design is best done as an exercise in peeling and paring back. Now, this may sound a little bit strange, but I do find the greatest success in design comes through restraint and really drilling into what is the most important, the most special and precious, the most significant requirements and desires for the family who will be living in the future home. And whenever I'm designing a house, be it a new home or a renovation, I find it inevitably goes through the same pathway. It starts with simplicity, so usually a site, its constraints, some fairly common lifestyle goals of the clients that I'm working with and a budget. And then it moves through complexity and confusion as extra ideas are thrown in, things are tried out and priorities are ordered. And then it'll come back full circle to simplicity again. I know that I haven't got it right unless I'm back to simplicity, uh, but it has an added sophistication now embedded as ideas have been tested and let go of to really create the most honest and authentic version of the design for the homeowner in question. Now, this is a fun and sometimes frustrating process. You know, some designs, they do fight you a little harder than others. Sometimes the yellow trace will pile up for days. Other times it can all come together quite quickly and obviously. And that may all sound super artsy and like some black ma magic. I, I personally don't think it is, but I also know that I've been designing homes for over 25 years now. And so I realised that I may have an unfair advantage about this. But even when I watch homeowners who are designing their own homes, I see that it's a similar process for them too, to move from that simplicity through that complexity back to the simplicity. Now, the key to all of this is doing the preparation to get to know yourself and to understand your site, your needs, your future vision for yourself and all the other things that I talked about in the last pre-design phase episode and how to bring all of that into your design phase without getting steered off track by the bright, shiny objects that you're going to be told you definitely need in order to be up with the latest. Now, to clarify, design as I'm talking about it here, it's the act of creating three-dimensional spaces and rooms for your home. And it's deciding on the volume, the experience, the feeling and the lifestyle that those spaces will create for you. It's when ideas are sketched up as floor plans with more certainty and it's when the home's exterior is also discussed and drawn up. Design, as I'm talking about it here, is not just the act of picking finishes and fixtures and the styling stuff and deciding on the colours for your rooms and home. Design itself is really an exercise of problem solving. You know, the problem to be solved is usually about how to create a building that can cater to the needs, the wishes and the wants of your future lifestyle, balanced with ensuring that it suits your climate and your site and meets your budget and your construction requirements. Now, these can sometimes feel like competing demands, but the process of design is about keeping these things in mind as the right solution is realised for you. And it's an involved process that can involve a lot of toing and froing as ideas are explored and tested. It really does require careful communication as well as skill, creativity and experience. And it takes the ability to imagine a future that doesn't yet exist for your family. 
and to order the priorities of what matters most to you into something that then can be physically built on your site for the money that you want to spend on it. So this episode is going to be all about the design phase and the mistakes to avoid during this phase. And I've got three key mistakes that many make and I'm going to share what they are and the damage that they can do and then how you can and should avoid them in your project. And in the next episode, I'm going to discuss the pre-build phase. And then after that's going to be the fourth of our episodes where we'll cover the build phase. So let's dive into this second phase of design. So the design phase is really the phase where you start nutting out the home design itself. And the preparation that you've done during pre-design, it really starts getting tested and explored as floor plans are drawn up and ideas are suggested and considered. And as your home design is being generated and improved, this is your opportunity to really ensure and, and know that it's going to deliver on the future lifestyle that you're dreaming of and that it's also meeting your budget and your overall goals. Now, don't forget, if you haven't listened to it, episode 212 actually shares how to check your design drawings as you're moving through the design phase. That's going to be a really handy resource for you to have during the design phase. So if you haven't listened to that episode or grabbed the transcript, make sure you head to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 212. That's the numbers 212. Now let's look at the mistakes that many make in their design phase. So inside the home method, I've got seven steps in the design phase and I share the various mistakes for each of those steps and tips on how to get it right as well. So I'm just going to cherry pick three mistakes to help you here in this episode. If you'd like to learn more about the design phase and the steps involved, then stay tuned to the end of the episode because I've got some information for you about my flagship program, The Home Method. So let's talk about the first mistake. The first mistake that I see homeowners make is designing too big at the start. It's really a goal for, for many homeowners, most of you know, the homeowners that I work with definitely, to figure out how they're going to save money in their project. And this can happen in a variety of ways. You know, some will review the team that they're going to hire and where they can save money in professional fees. For example, some may feel that an architect is going to be out of their budget. So if you listen to episodes 209 and 210 about the designer you should choose to work with based on your project, you'll know from what I said in that, that an architect is not always going to be the most expensive option for you. Now, some other homeowners they may focus on the builder that they hire and they might look for a company that's going to charge less in its margins or that has more of a production line style of delivery that might save them cash in their building process. Some homeowners will focus on what they can do themselves and so they might be taking on parts of the project themselves. It might be that they want to manage their trades directly, they might even want to do the labour themselves or they might even go for a full owner-builder setup. And other homeowners might focus on things like their material selections, or they might look to carve up what the builder's scope of works are and pull things out and try and reduce their costs that way. Now, all of these choices, they're among the many choices that you can make to save money. What you can find though with these choices that I've, that I've listed out, they can also cost you far more as well, both financially and in the stress and challenges that you experience during your project journey, plus in the quality and feel of your finished home. So what's the best way for you to save money in your renovation or new build project? It's actually, to be really frank with you, it's actually in the decisions that you're going to be making during the design phase and predominantly the decisions that you'll make around size of your future home and the number and type of spaces that you're wanting to include in your future home because this is actually what will make the biggest impact on saving money during design. Now, interestingly, I find that many members of the home method they will dive into the course content online and they'll actually personally find that doing that course content will enable them to become incredibly intentional about their plans for their future home 
And as a result, they usually find that they need less home than they had originally planned to create before they joined the program. Less home overall, but a home that is far more efficiently designed, far more functional and still creates an enriching and comfortable and sustainable place to live and experience for them. So for you to get started on designing like this, you want to get really clear on how you want to live in your future home and really interrogate the expectations and the attachments that you have to particular ideas, rooms and spaces. And you want to be really honest with yourself as well. Now, if you hear yourself saying, we need four bedrooms, two and a half bathrooms, et cetera, et cetera, or whatever it is, hear the word need and question it because chances are you don't actually need it. You want it. Now, wanting it, that's not bad in, a, in and of itself, but I find that we cheat ourselves of what might else be possible for our lives anytime that we say we need something. And we demonstrate by saying that we need something, we demonstrate how attached we are to that future idea and when there may be other options and opportunities that are actually available and suit us better, they're more financially affordable and that actually enrich our lives quite differently. Now, I know it can be super hard to stay focused on designing enough home for yourself instead of just more home. You know, especially when we're swamped with inspirational imagery. I know I'm personally experiencing this with my own renovation planning at the moment. But as you dive into your design phase, I really encourage you to think about what is enough home for you. What represents enoughness? You know, what will deliver the best outcome for you in flexibility and functionality and lifestyle? And how can that be packaged up in a smaller footprint with less bells and whistles and spaces that work much harder for you and your budget? It's actually better for the planet for you to build smaller. It's better, you know, it's, it's less to maintain and clean. It's also often faster to build as well. So I know though it is bucking the norm because even though our average home size has actually declined in the last few years, we are still building in Australia amongst the largest homes in the world. And space, space itself is seen as a luxury item, even when it doesn't work well. So please know this, okay? Lazy design is full of just-in-case decisions with big dysfunctional spaces. And that is going to be far more frustrating for you to live in than a smaller home that works really well. Compact homes, they can bring a huge amount of joy to those that live in them, and they can be super comfortable and enjoyable. And having less space and making far more of it that can actually liberate lots of other areas in your life, financially, time-wise, mentally, and emotionally. So don't start big with your home design. You know, start smaller and then be intentional about the space that you create during your design phase. Let's have a chat about the second mistake. And this is another meaty one. The second mistake that homeowners make is not using a costing professional or a formal process to check and confirm the cost of their project during the design phase. They instead will wait until their design phase is over to get good quality costing input and information. And by then, they've already got really excited about their future home. They feel that they're underway and they've made really good progress. And then they inevitably hit a hurdle as they discover that they're over budget, sometimes really significantly. So if you want to deliver your new home or renovation on budget, you need a costing professional from the beginning of on your project helping you out. And the big challenge here is that homeowners are often looking in the wrong place for this cost information. It's really essential for you to get assistance from a costing professional from the outset to help you understand cost and then have that person enable you to manage your expectations, your decisions and your direction within a framework of realistic costing input. And that is unlikely to be your designer or your architect, okay? Your costing professional is unlikely to be your designer or your architect. 
Now, many homeowners will understandably ask me, why won't my designer understand cost? Isn't that part of their job? Well, some do. Some will understand cost. You know, if they've been designing and building homes like yours for several years and they've been diligent in collecting data on those projects to establish what's driving the finished costs of the homes that they're designing, then they're definitely going to be in a better position to help you from the start. However, there is so much that goes into the cost of building and renovating that unless an architect sometimes is physically the one purchasing the items and paying for the labour required in your home, it's going to be difficult for them to know accurately. The best that a designer or architect can often do is to give a square metre rate suggestion. And legally, an architect is only supposed to give what's known as an opinion of probable cost. So it's really important that you do interrogate the square metre rate that you're being given by your architect or your designer Find out how it's been established, how recently it's been updated and what level of finish it relates to as well. And once you're confident that that square metre rate can actually be relied upon, then you want to use that square metre rate to set the maximum floor area or the building footprint of your home right before you begin designing concepts, okay? And then remember what that maximum floor area is and know that if you're exceeding it during the design phase, you are most likely exceeding your budget as well. Then on top of that, you want to get more informed help, better quality help and get a costing professional involved. So this can either be a quantity surveyor or a building estimator or a builder. These professionals, they are regularly involved in the pricing and the process of residential construction, either through a collection of industry data, such as a quantity surveyor or a building estimator will be, or in physically doing the work themselves, such as a builder. Now, which costing professional should you use? Well, it's going to depend on the type of input that you want. Do you just want to have somebody tell you the cost of drawings and specifications that you've already had done and, you know, having done during the design phase and perhaps get them to reprice it once or at different stages and milestones of your project? Or are you going to want a costing professional who is actually going to be able to tell you the cost and then also tell you how you can save money and what you need to change? So your architect or designer, they may be able to help to a point depending on their level of experience. Oftentimes, though, they're going to be speaking much more generally about it. So they could say, for example, you know, this will be cheaper than this or based on the square metre rates, if you remove this amount of area from your floor um, plan, then you're going to save, you know, X dollars, $30,000 or whatever the square metre rate multiplied by that area is. If your architect or designer is somebody that actually works collaboratively with other professionals right from the start, such as a builder or a structural engineer, for example, you know, they might be able to tap into that professional help to support your project journey and identify general cost savings, you know, as they're designing things. A quantity surveyor or a building estimator, they're also going to be able to do this, but it's going to largely relate how to how they work. So, Quantity surveys and building estimators, they're great with data and so they can often help you understand what projects of different standards in your area are costing. They tap into libraries of data. They can get involved early in the project. They can drive some decisions around home size and material selections and other specifications. And then they can also get involved during the design phase by updating that information as you go based on whatever your current set of drawings are and the milestone that you might be hitting. But because they're not builders themselves or they're not designers themselves, their suggestions for cost savings, they're often going to be related to the data that they use. So it might be around alternate selections or changes to your overall area. Now, a builder 
by contrast, they're definitely going to be able to provide input on managing and adjusting costs, especially when they're working with you and your designer collaboratively. And they're also going to be able to assist with identifying areas that you can target to be able to make some cost savings through things like construction methodologies, saving time, you know, um, saving time in your build, redesign that you might need to do to, to improve the structural efficiency, material selections, the roof design, services infrastructure, site access, all those kinds of things that can have an impact on the cost of your project. Now, I've covered um, a lot of information about how to involve a builder during your design phase in my episodes about the pack process or the Paters consultant process. If you haven't checked those out, I really encourage you to do so. They're episodes 201 to 205. The truth to know about all of this is that most homeowners, most homeowners are just waiting way too long to get accurate cost feedback on their future home. And, you know, if your design is already sort of 75% complete, all you're going to be able to do with your value management at that point is make things like, you know, reselections of finishes and fixtures. And that can often just achieve small savings. You'll have all this sunk costs in your drawings and your professional fees. And it can become really demoralizing because you've become emotionally attached to this future home that you've been creating. And you'll just be basically tweaking around the edges of it. You know, bigger changes are going to involve redesign. That can be expensive and time consuming. So instead, I really encourage you to get this idea of cost uh, management and value management happening far earlier in your project and involve a costing professional who is actually at the coalface of what residential construction costs and they can assist you from the start. Don't solely rely on your designer or architect to be your costing professional throughout the design phase of your project and don't solely rely on competing tendering builders who are seeing your drawings for the very first time to tell you what your project will cost. You want to build in a better safety net with the right expertise so that you can get far more certainty about cost along the way during your design phase. Now, the third mistake that I have is not testing the design as, as it develops and providing all your input as you go right from the one metre decisions to the one millimetre decisions. Now, I mentioned this briefly in episode 212 and the importance of communicating all of your wishes and wants to any designer that you're working with and also testing the design as it develops. So many homeowners during the design phase, they'll mistakenly hold back and they'll feel that they can't flood their designer with all the thoughts and the wishes that they have for their future home from, you know, the door handles that they want through to the size of the bedroom. You know, they wait till until they're given the signal to share the more detailed information. And sometimes that, that signal never actually comes. Or when it actually, you know, when it does come, they find that the design might be far too progressed for those decisions to be incorporated. Now, inside the home method, I have my brief builder and I share that in step 12 of the 30 steps that are covered inside the home method. And I deliberately ask a bunch of questions to elicit this detail from members so they can get it documented right from the start of their project uh, to then be able to brief their team with. Now, if you're like most homeowners, what I find is you'll often be in the details of your project anyway. You'll be thinking about tiles and light fittings and textures and colours even when you haven't decided how many bedrooms you want or where your living room needs to be. You know, sometimes it can actually be easier for homeowners to wrap their heads around all of the one millimetre decisions, all of those detailed decisions, because they can often relate to things that you can touch and you can feel and you can get samples for and see in shops. But, the, you know, sometimes the one metre decisions, the spaces, the volumes, the exterior forms of the home and, and then how the house is going to be best situated on your site – they can sometimes feel a bit more overwhelming to the uninitiated, especially, for example, if you have trouble looking at drawings and imagining what the finished home is going to be like to live in. 
Testing the design as it goes, that can be really the, the simplest way for you to solve a lack of visualization skills or to overcome concerns that you're not getting the right layout size or the size of your room sorted. Don't simply trust your designer and the decisions that they're making for you in your drawings, even if they're awesome and you totally love their work, okay? This is your home. You need to test if it's going to be right for you, for your furniture, for all the things that you want to put in your home and for what you are expecting from your home as well. I, um, I worked with a builder on across several homes of theirs and his wife always had a hard time looking at the floor plans and visualising what the finished home would be like. And as their architect, I then built in processes and methods to really help her test things as we designed them so that she had more confidence and certainty in saying yes to how the design was developing during the design phase. And her husband as the builder, he built in processes as well so that changing her mind on site wouldn't derail the project if and when she needed to do it. Now, this is what your professional team can help you with as well. So, you know, and if they're not, then you're going to need to take on more responsibility for this yourself. So get out a tape measure, stake out your floor plan on site, test it at one-to-one before you commit to it being the home design that you're going to end up with. Okay, so let's look at those three commonly made mistakes in the design phase. They are number one, designing too big at the start. Number two, not using a costing professional or a formal process to check and confirm cost during the design phase. And number three, not testing the design as it develops and providing your input as you go, all of your input, right from the one metre decisions through to the one millimetre decisions. And remember too, I've got a full transcript of this episode. I've got all the resources that I've mentioned and the links there. You can grab that by heading to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 215. That's the numbers 215. So be sure to do that so that you can read over the notes that I've got for this episode. Now, as I mentioned in the last episode, if you are listening to this episode live or near the time of me recording it, which is around mid-September 2021, then right now I am actually in the process of rebuilding my flagship online program, The Home Method. It is, I can't tell you, it is super exciting to be adding some really helpful content extra checklists and tools that I know are going to really simplify the project planning journey for anyone who is designing, building or renovating their family home. I want Home Method to be the go-to online program when designing, building or renovating your family home. So I'm really excited to be making these improvements to the content so that it can better support you in your project journey. The second bit of news that I want to share is that to celebrate this improved version of the Home Method, I'm actually going to be running a free online workshop in mid-October 2021. It's called the four universal factors that will make or break your project. So whether you're building new or you're renovating and whoever you're working with, this online workshop is going to highlight the four areas that you need to know about for your whole project journey and keep front of mind as you take each step. Okay, so having these four areas front of mind is really going to help you because when you're across these, you can significantly improve your experience and you can create a fantastic home in the process. And you can also avoid having these four factors derail your project and you can instead utilize them to their full advantage. Now, if you want to get your name down for that free online workshop, you can head to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash four. That's the F-O-U-R and you can uh, so be sure to do that. Okay. It's going to be really perfect for you. If you're just simply researching your project, still thinking about things, perhaps you've already started working with a team or you're thinking about the design of your future home. So that's www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash and the word for F O U R. 
Now, before we wrap up this episode, I just wanted to take a moment to share another member story with you. So now in the last episode, we met Sarah, who is a builder based in the Hunter Valley in New South Wales, and she shared her experience of working with me inside my online program. Even now, she uses my brief builder with her clients to draw out really great quality uh, information as a brief from them at the very beginning of their project. How awesome is that? This time, I want to introduce you to Abby. Now, Abby is renovating a 1940s Melbourne home with her husband. Let's hear from Abby now. My name is Abby. I live in Melbourne, Victoria, and we bought a house almost about five years ago. It's a old house, a 1940s house that needs a lot, a lot of work. Um, hence why I did the undercover architect course. Interesting. Are you living there now? Yes, yes, we're still living in it. It's um, an ongoing project. Wow, yeah. 1940s, that sounds really cool. So it's, it's a pretty old house. How, how is the renovation going so far? Slowly. <laughs> no, it's, um, I'm getting there. We've um, definitely during the course has helped accelerate the process and the things that I've learnt along the way. But to begin with, it needed a lot of work. We've changed a lot of things and we're putting a lot of the original features back into the house because it was um, kind of in the 80s, 90s, someone stripped a lot of the original features out and put pink walls in and concrete cladding on and various things that do not suit the year of the house at all. Don't you love it when your renovation has to involve undoing someone else's terrible renovation? This can often be the case for homeowners. Now, Abby was also asked what inspired her to take on this project. Well, I fell in love with the house as soon as I saw it. I think I saw the potential um, and I just completely fell in love with it. I was very naive going into it, like buying this house that needed a lot of work and being someone that's not in the industry. Um, my husband, if he had his way, I think he would have torn the house down, but I'm a real... I just love keeping the character of old homes and when we bought the house I think when everyone saw it they thought oh my god they've lost their minds but slowly by slowly you can see it oh, I feel like we're reinvigorating the house I guess. It's really common to be nervous before starting a project like this I find lots of homeowners are so listen to Abby she's going to share the concerns that she had before starting they may be familiar to you as well. I think it's just the whole process and I had a big worry about stuffing it up and being someone that doesn't work in the construction industry whatsoever and, and also being it's um, a stereotype but it's very true being a woman as well having um, tradesmen over for various things just being spoken down to or if my husband wasn't around I'd expect to speak to him and just just various things and I'd always be curious if I got a quote given to me if it was um, because I think they can charge me whatever they can charge me so I, I think um, yeah the real challenges just came from knowing getting the process right really and knowing what to ask for and what is um, what's reasonable to ask for I guess and demanding better and having the confidence to ask for it too not shying away and kind of apologizing asking questions. In my work with homeowners, I know that of the four common fears that homeowners have when they're renovating or building, time and money are the two big ones. So Abby was asked if she actually had concerns when it came to time and money and her project. 
Yeah, definitely. I didn't think it would take us five years. Um, I, I thought within a year or two we would have started renovating. I definitely didn't think it would take five years. But um, a term that Amelia used is called procrastinate planning. I think I've definitely done a lot of that, a lot of, you know, Pinterest and a lot of like looking at all the interiors, I guess, and just all that fluffy stuff. But yeah, I definitely didn't think it would take as long as it has but now I finally feel like we're actually moving in the right direction on the path to have this house renovated and finished. Are you curious about how Home Method and working with me can actually help you? Well I love hearing specifically uh, about what my members learn from me and so Abby was asked this question what she'd actually felt she'd learned by doing the program. Well I think because we were just going to builders to ask them like what they thought it would cost to build or, you know, showing them plans or what we thought we wanted or what it was. It wasn't until I came across this course that I realised that just how much is actually involved in renovating a house and how, like, what the actual process is to it and things such as orientation, it never occurred to me um, that that's such a big thing when you're renovating your house. I just... I had looked at it as, I guess, as a bit of a um, tick box, like this is the type of house that we want and this is how many rooms. And But I hadn't actually given thought to the land and the location and, and all those things and what every every tradesperson, every expert that you, that needs to be involved and what their roles were. I think I was just quite blind in just going along with what either builders told me or what our building designer told me and not actually really informing myself. So now that I feel like I'm informed, I've really, um, I've taken much more control over the process and actually getting things done. Oh gosh, I love to hear that. Taking more control over the process and actually getting things done. That's what's amazing to watch in our group and it's so exciting to see. Now, Abby was next asked what actually made her decide to join. I decided to do the paid courses after I listened to the podcast. With all the information on the podcast, I had decided it was kind of like a no-brainer, I guess, to then to do the course and all the information that's there for you and because like you can go back in your own time or go over it again or, or and there's checklists and various things. But it was after listening to the podcast that I decided to um, sign up for the course. And what is Abby doing differently because of what she's learned? Yeah, everything, everything. Um, the way that I interact with my building designer and the questions that I ask him now and the, I guess the standard that I hold him to and the builders that we interview and and um, when they explain things to me, I, I, I don't just take their word for it. I feel like I've now, I'm not pretending I'm an expert or, you know, I'm not a builder, but I just feel like the um, collaboration there between like, the builders or whoever the professionals might be is... Um, much more prominent because I feel informed. I don't just feel like they're they're kind of um, shuttling me through the process. I feel like I've yeah, got more control over um, our renovation and how it's going to end up. 
That's the thing that I do see time and time again and I hear members talking about. It's their ability that they gain to hold their team to account and to find a team that works collaboratively together where they're actually driving the ship. It is so brilliant to be witness to. Now, Abby also continued to share how she feels that she's benefited from uh, doing the program. Confidence. It just sounds so silly, but uh, I think I've said it a few times, but it's just really given me the confidence and the knowledge. And even um, I was talking to my husband the other day about the next steps and and he actually seemed quite impressed. He's like, oh, whoa, uh, just to be able to articulate it to to people now and to explain what I've learned has been has been really invaluable. So has doing this program saved Abby time and stress? Because that's what I said it offered when she joined and it's what I always offer. I know that the home method is an investment of your energy, your money and your effort. So I don't take it lightly when I say that it will save you time, money and stress. This is what Abby had to say about that. Yes, yes, it definitely has. It definitely has. Even with um, quoting, I yeah learning that you know ideally I'd like a fixed price contract I'm not just kind of going blindly into being told that this is what this is going to cost or that's what that's probably going to cost and then having variations along the way or um, not understanding the orientation of my house properly and then when it's at the point of construction walking around and realizing oh god this layout is actually not going to work and also realizing the the key steps involved get into construction and if they're done correctly and they're not rushed then hopefully um, that will be a whole lot less of a stressful process and construction such a small part of it it's all the pre-planning that's the thing that I've definitely learned to be patient and not just rush to the construction side of things. Lastly Abby was asked what she would say to others who are thinking of joining the home method but are not sure. I would say just do it, just do it. Um, we all procrastinate on things, I think, for various reasons and I did for a while and it kept popping up on my social media but it has been one of the best things I've done. It has The course has paid for itself, the knowledge I've learned has paid for itself and Amelia is very kind and generous in the giving of her knowledge and on her website there's various blogs and and things but... I would say just to do it. It's, it's not something you'll regret. It's really brilliant to hear Abby talk about the increased confidence that her learning and her investment has given her. I also did a power hour with Abby during her project, which is something that you can book with me as a member of The Home Method. It's where we jump on a call for an hour and we can discuss whatever you need. Uh, I share my screen, I have a chat with you and often members, they actually use it to get my feedback on their design or other questions that they might have and, and things that they want to know about selections and those kinds of things. Now, I loved being able to get to know Abby better by doing that with her and to also be able to give her some actionable help in her design and her project journey. I know she's going to have a fantastic home when she's finished her project and she's been so good at getting herself informed and stepping into the role that she has on her project. It can be super hard when this isn't your day job, you know, when it's the first time that you're doing this and you're existing outside of your comfort zone. But that's why it's so worthwhile to get the education and the support you need because it can make such a significant difference in your ability to be who your future home actually needs you to be. 
I want to say a huge thank you to Abby for sharing her insights and her member story. I do hope that it's helped you see how Home Method might help you and whether it's going to be a good fit for your project planning and your journey. Now, if you have any questions at all about the Home Method, please feel free to DM me on Instagram or shoot me an email at hello at undercoverarchitect.com. I'm quite happy to be frank with you and tell you whether or not it's a good fit. You know, sometimes it's not. And uh, if you know, I'll, I'll be frank with you, I promise. So, and then sometimes I think it will help. So I'll share that with you as well. Now that is it for episode 215, uh, design phase mistakes to avoid. Be sure to tune in for our next episode. I'm going to be talking about the mistakes to avoid during the pre-build phase. All of the links for everything that you need from this episode, plus a full downloadable PDF transcript is available for free at www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 215. That's the numbers 215. So be sure to head there, grab that, and you'll be able to then have that resource for you. And also, if you want to jump into my free online workshop that's happening in mid-October 2021 uh, called the, the Four Universal Factors That Will Make or Break Your Project, make sure that you head to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash and the word for F-O-U-R. I've got more information there for you. Please share this podcast episode with family, friends, colleagues, even strangers, basically anyone that you know it may help so that we can get this information and knowledge into the ears and hands of as many homeowners as possible and improve their experience of designing, building and renovating their family homes. I love hearing the stories of those who found this podcast thanks to the generosity of another listener. It is just awesome. Now, if you haven't left a review on the Undercover Architect podcast, especially if you listen on iTunes, I would be so grateful if you please could. It really makes a difference in enabling this podcast to reach others that it can help. And it also ensures that I can continue to grow the podcast and get amazing guests and information on here as well. Be sure to tune in for our next episode, which lands each Tuesday morning to access helpful information and education in your project journey so that you can get it right as you design, build or renovate your family home. As always, thank you for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Until next time, bye.